Researchers have found that otters are more likely to juggle rocks or pebbles when they're hungry. So if you're keeping track, that's otter juggling study one, coronavirus vaccine zero. <laughs> um, a couple of the the couple of the big stories of the day, uh, unemployment numbers came out again. The people filing for unemployment, three point two million. So now we're up to thirty three million. It is and that's new claims. That's new claims. Yeah. A, 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 a fifth of the workforce, 20% of the workforce, out of work in a seven-week period. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Well, and I've been darkly amused by the articles that cast that as good news because those numbers are coming down. Well, yeah, they're coming down because we're running out of people who have jobs. Right. Um, and uh, as has been pointed out during every recession I've ever lived through, it's a recession if you keep your job. If you lose your job, it's depression. You can call it whatever you want. If, if right. in my household... I ain't got no money coming in. It's a really, really big deal. And I was reading about that today. And heck, yeah, it's true. I know a lot of you listening. Uh, we work with a whole bunch of people. They've been furloughed now for, what, two months? You haven't been getting any money? I don't know how they're surviving. Savings, family, whatever. Debt. debt. Yeah, just going into debt. Uh, another piece of breaking news uh, today. Turns out the uh, praying mantis can whoop ass on the murder yes! hornet. Although, Sean, would you please send me that link? Oh, Ooh, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's gross. That praying mantis grabs that murder hornet by the throat and starts eating its brain. Ooh. Praying mantis don't d- doesn't have any Fs to give about murder hornets. <laughs> the insect world lacks compassion, definitely. I mean, you 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 watch any anything from the insect slash arachnid world, and there is definitely a lack of kindness. Well, the, animal, <laughs> the animal world in general is that way. I was oh, talking yeah. with my kids about the. Uh, I need to find the videos, the slow motion videos of hummingbirds. You have a hummingbird feeder like we have in our porch, and the hummingbirds come in and they mm-hmm. kind of move in and out and drink and stuff like that. Oh, I love hummingbirds. That's with the naked eye, but you see it slowed down. It's brutal. One of them is like drinking a little nectar, and it looks like when you're watching that the one backs off and the other one comes in. No, the one They're comes taking in. Turns, Jack. The one comes in and takes its long, pointy beak and like goes right at the eyes of the other one, is trying to pull its eye out, and the yeah! other one's trying to fight it off, and then the other Wee one comes eye! in. I mean, it's just <laughs> gruesome. Hey, there's another spigot on the other side of the hummingbird feeder. Go it, around. It is <laughs> full on, you know, MMA fighting right there. <laughs> bong, hung, well, hummingbirds. Well, you can't gouge eyes in MMA for God's sake. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a no holds barred hummingbird mma so the beautiful the delicate the amazing hummingbird is a murderous lunatic who knew i'm gonna say bring a shotgun out back now i used to watch them you know sipping from the roses thinking this is god's beauty this is our creation this is amazing now i'm gonna shoot them now that i know they're vicious the only bird that can hover other birds really? have, they, they have to be moving in a direction hummingbirds can just, yeah. just it's stay, really quite stay amazing still. yeah they can uh, only ones that can fly like different directionally sure. too, front and back. They're like the they're like the queen on the chessboard and go anyway. Can you imagine people tuning into this show for the first time? <laughs> they seem to talk a lot about birds. <laughs> it's more a, it's more uh, ornithological than I expected. <laughs> so the Washington Post this morning is covering the story of all the Russian doctors who are. Falling accidentally from windows just after they uh, called the Putin administration 
on you know lack of PPE and preparation and bad medical care, the rest of it. Oh, Any doctor who, who who speaks up gets snuffed. What, okay, what period well, of time was? I know two of the doctors falling out the windows to their deaths happened in like a seventy-two hour period. I think right. it's just in the last week and a half that all three of them have plunged I think from a couple of weeks is what I saw. Yeah. That's just so, amazing. So this WAPO story I'm reading, it, it goes into the particulars of who those people are, what they said, and when they accidentally fell out of uh, windows. Uh, and, and so, you know, let me skip past that. At no point does the article even hint that Putin and his goons are having these people snuffed. Wow! So In- they- instead, they go with this line. The incidents have highlighted escalating tensions in a Russian healthcare system under pressure from a surge of coronavirus cases and shortage of medical professionals. So while the, the Wall incidents Street- have highlighted escalating tensions, they're escalating tensions in the radio business. Nobody's getting hurled out of windows. Not yet. I think I said the same thing about New York Times, whoever it was reporting on uh, the Russian doctors. So with Donald Trump, you're, you're, you're willing to extrapolate from some facts just the worst of behavior and assume it's true yes but with vladimir putin when you have something that is obviously true like doctors protesting the government and ending up dead you're not going to draw any conclusions you're just going to present the facts and let your readers figure it out okay but that's an interesting way to handle journalism what's so bizarre is that they don't not only do they not you know come to any conclusions they don't even consider the question they don't even say some have suggested that the mysterious deaths could be reprisals. They, they're afraid to even go there, which is really kind of scary. I'm going to scroll down real quick. Is this a gal? It's a the woman who wrote the article as a Russian-sounding name. I wonder if she's reporting from That's what I was just about to Russia. say. Um, Although you'd think the editors could tack that on. It might be a we-will-lose-access-to-Russia situation. Which is not a good way to run business, but um, that's that's yep. why that's why Bloomberg went soft on China. They booted him out for a while, and then let him, let Bloomberg News back in, and uh, you know made it clear to everybody. And I'm sure Russia's the same way. Hey, you write bad stories about us, you're not going to get any news out of here at all. Right, right. So this uh, woman is indeed based in Moscow. I'm trying to get used to saying Moscow instead of Moscow because yeah. I, that's the proper pronunciation. I can't do it. But it feels jivey. Uh, I'm reading this gal's uh, bio. She's worked at the WAPO since 2014. She's their their foreign correspondent based in Moscow. She was previously a sports recover, uh, reporter covering the Washington Capitals, high school sports, and local colleges. She go from high school sports to reporting in Moscow? That's interesting. It, uh, I, maybe they just uh, yelled out to the newsroom, Hey, anybody willing to live in Russia? I will. God, I would find that fascinating. I you aren't you the high school sports gal? Yeah. Well, okay. Can't think of anything hardly any more interesting than being a reporter in Russia. I too would sprint from the high school sports desk at whatever journalistic output I was at. I don't know when Central plays South, it's going to be a war. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have thought that your big countries in the 21st century could do this sort of stuff. Even Russia, I wouldn't have thought that years ago. Yeah, um, there's no justice. There's tiny no law and little, order. That tiny little African dictatorships that are, you know, practically medieval. Yeah. But real countries? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you go to China. They got concentration camps with millions of people in them. 
And you go to the Chinese authorities, you say, hey, what's up with the concentration camps? What concentration camps? The ones with the millions of uh, Muslims and such. We don't have any camps. I've been to the camps. I've seen them. No, you haven't. And end of discussion. <laughs> and Putin killing the doctors this way has got to be a heck of a message that I can be this brazen. I don't even yes. need to pretend. I didn't even, like, um, wait till you're on your way home and you're in a car crash, so at least there's some deniability. Nope. Right. Nope. I just hurled you out a window. I had a thug come in and throw you out a window. And then, and then, and then I'm guessing walked out of the hospital with a number of people having seen the thug. But and he looked them right in the eye. But ain't nobody saying nothing. Right. Anybody yep. else want the express trip to the ground floor? Yeah. Anybody no? else want to go out the window, no? or are you just okay. going to keep your mouth shut about this? Yeah, I thought so. Yep. Uh, right. The uh, the killing is uh, only half the message. You're right. The brazenness is the other half of it. God, I read this book about Putin. It's been quite a while now, five, six years ago. I'll have to dig up which book it was. I think it was Man Without a Face, I think is the name of it. Anyway, this reporter talking about how, uh, and this was in the early days of Putin when he wasn't as brazen, but when she would report on Putin and that sort of stuff, she'd come back to her apartment and there would be people there kind of pretending to like clean the windows outside of her apartment. Big thuggish looking guys and just keeping an eye on her, just watching her all the time, washing the same five inch yeah. spot on the window. <laughs> yeah. And they'd just be hanging outside of her apartment all the time. And they'd like stare at her as she walked in just to let her know, hey, we're watching you. Yep. Somebody's watching you. That's how about wild. You, Imagine how about you living do in that it. for a day or two and let me know before you hurl me out the window. Do we have to start with defenestrations? Really? It's beautifully illustrated in the uh, HBO miniseries Chernobyl, where it is, oh, no, 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 we're not spying it. This is our circle of accountability. We're just all making sure that we're all in this together, comrades. Circle of accountability. Well, that's that's good. good. Yeah. But anyway, that was the old days when they'd have somebody show up just to try to intimidate him. Now I guess you just walk into the hospital, grab a doctor by the scruff of the neck. I'm I'm sure there's a a shoving match ensues. Most and I'm people, sure there's screaming. Oh yeah, most people wouldn't go out the window willingly. Uh and you you throw them to their deaths. Three doctors in a week wow. and a half. I'm glad you're enjoying this, Michael. Glad you're theater enjoying having some fun. You're right, it is theater of the mind. That's all it is. Uh, for people who don't have time to imagine someone throw, being thrown out of a window and falling, you provided the sound effects in a cartoon fashion. Nice. but uh, Yeah, that's a very good point. There would be, there would be a you. scuffle. There would be yelling, screaming. I guess unless you came up behind them and put your hand over your mouth. I'm just thinking of like Sopranos shows and stuff like that. But there'd still be a scuffle of some sort. And guaranteed somebody saw them walk in and right. walk out. Yeah. Huh? God, that's wild. Be glad you live where you live. Yeah. Unless you live in St. Petersburg and you're listening online and, right now and, and staying away from windows. And that sort of thing in human history is way more the norm than what we've got going on. Yes. Where, where it's unthinkable. Oh, that's, my gosh. No, we're an island of, of sanity in an ocean of brutality. Yeah, that's way more the common situation. You say something bad about the king or the president or the dictator or whatever, and all of a sudden you're, you're hurled out a window. Wow, right. it's just incredible. Well, I'll bet the doctors keep their mouths shut. So on the way, if you've ever, say, traveled to San Francisco, stayed there in a downtown hotel, got drunked up and maybe bought some drugs and just partied and the rest of it, good news, now that's free if you're a bum. 
So if you like to party, become a bum and get on the Capitol train and head to San Francisco, everybody. That's next. Armstrong and Getty. government has declared them essential the armstrong and getty show don't forget don't forget you got a key america's beef shortage has gotten so bad that fast food places are even running out of burgers and i feel bad for wendy's because not only are they running out of meat but wendy even had to trim her own bangs in quarantine <laughs> we've all been there girl that's the end that was the whole joke. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure we need those shows. <laughs> Maybe they just take the coronavirus thing off. I mean, at some point, you know, if there were, <laughs> speaking of haircuts, if there was some sort of national scissor shortage, and so hairstylists were just having to yank out your hair, I mean, in clumps, <laughs> that would not put them in a better position when this is over than if they had just, you know, taken a break. Right. And I feel like the comedians are ripping our hair out in clumps. They're just not amusing me a bit. Here's a good uh, a couple of pieces of good economic news. Nordstrom and Gap, among a growing group of national retailers that will gradually reopen their stores pretty soon. They mentioned that dozens of U.S. shopping malls, Alaska, Texas, Indiana, other states, uh, California, too, uh, reopened this weekend, though many of the stores inside remain shut. But Mon- uh, Monday, Macy's is opening 60, oh, I'm sorry, this past Monday opened 68 stores. Best Buy, Coach, Kate Spade, uh, Nordstrom. Gap will reopen as many as 800 stores this month. Uh, what about Texas on yeah, Am I going to be able to go get an oversized slice of pizza? I don't know, Sean. I don't know, and life won't be the same till. But uh, Gap, they mentioned, uh, owns Old Navy. Uh, Banana Republic, Janie and Jack. I don't know Janie and Jack. Is that a kid's thing? Athleta and Intermix. Stop making up words. Uh, My son outgrew his shoes during this period of time, as kids that age will do. And we haven't been able to uh, go get another pair. Wow. So what's he, newspapers on his feet? He's running, wearing shoes where he had a toe sticking out the top or whatever. Wow. Yeah, I need some new running shoes. It's funny, I mentioned that to somebody. We were talking about what's open and what's not. And I said, yeah, I really need new running shoes. And they said, how much do you run? <laughs> no, they're just because they're running shoes doesn't... No, well, they're walking run shoes for me. Well, I wouldn't call them running shoes, then. If I'm not they running, are running them. shoes. They're clearly running well, shoes. Well, if you're not I mean, running them, don't call them that. But that's what they are. What would you have me call them? I don't know. Gymnasium footwear. <laughs> My son needs running shoes because he's running because we've been playing a lot of tag lately. He's super into tag lately. Oh, I think it's because yes. he misses recess, the whole homeschooling thing. You're not doing recess, and he loves playing tag. One of the reasons he likes playing tags is because there's only one kid in the class faster than him, so that makes it more fun to play. But, oh, um, yeah. I was having trouble catching him last night. He he almost can get away from me playing tag. I thought I had him cornered once, and he hurdled the, the, the doghouse. Oh, what? So it's a small doghouse for a little dog, but he hurdled it. And he said, I still got it. And I said, you're 10. I hope you still got it. <laughs> he doesn't have to ice his knees after playing If you tag. don't still got it when you're 10, that's a bad situation. Oh, boy. I played golf yesterday, and I'm walking like I'm 80. It's uh, 
Time is a bastard. Uh, let's see. What do we want to go into here? We could uh, revisit the Axel Rose, uh, Steve Mnuchin Twitter war. Probably not necessary. Oh, the uh, San Francisco thing. That's right. So um, the, the bums, as you may have heard, are getting free accommodations in uh, San Francisco hotels. And KTVU is in the Chronicle reporting. Well, let's let's start like this. So you decide you're going to have a big night, a couple of nights in San Francisco, a little vacation, staycation, maybe folks from out of town, whatever. You first you check into a two hundred and fifty to six hundred dollar a night hotel room. You park your car for thirty five to seventy five dollars. Then you go out and get yourself a couple of fourteen dollar cocktails and. And uh, you know a guy, you meet him, you score some weed, you know, 50, 100 bucks, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's an expensive day, night or weekend, whatever, if, if you swing that way, indeed. Well, San Francisco's health department confirmed yesterday that the city is administering alcohol, tobacco, Administering pot, alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> pot and methadone, among other things, in an effort to prevent the junkie bums who are being isolated in these hotels you can't afford from going outside to score their drugs. That is amazing. Yeah, it's they say they're financing it with donations, and it's not taxpayer money, but, you know. Also, money's fungible, so the donation money could have been used for something else. Right. Right, and the taxpayer money's picking yeah. up that slack. Exactly. So if you've ever foolishly squandered your own money, a uh, party in San Francisco, just go to San Fran, say, I'm a bum. A hotel look, room and Wait booze. for the good times to roll. Yeah. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everyone's waiting to see it coming out of your show for a while. You've said counties can go deeper into phase two ahead of the state, but can they go into phase three, which includes things like hair salons? If not, then will these now opened businesses need to close? Yeah, they're making a big mistake. They're putting their public at risk. They're putting our progress at risk. We've been clear about that, uh, well aware of those examples. Uh, these are exceptions. These are real exceptions. They're making a mistake. That's uh, Governor Mussolini of California arguing hey. why a couple of counties wanting to open up are making a mistake. A county supervisor from the county of Placer wrote the following words. Dear Governor Newsom, by what authority do you control how fast counties move forward? Your current state of emergency declaration must be rescinded because the conditions required for a state of emergency no longer exist. Those uh, words written by one Kirk Euler who represents the 4th District of Placer County on the Board of Supervisors. And Kirk joins us now. Hey, how are you? Great, guys. How are you doing? Good. Uh, we have been following your efforts and enjoying them uh, on a couple of different levels. Um, why don't you tell us why you think that the governor is um, you know, acting beyond his authority? What do you mean, no state of emergency? Well, it's 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 very simple, and it's not. I think it's. I know it's the governor's own plain language in his declared state of emergency, which you know he did back in early March, and and all of us at the time uh, signed on to. Uh, the governor cites the specific code section five eight eight five that gives him the authority to declare the state of emergency. Well, that very government code section defines what a state of emergency is. 5885 defines 
three different states of emergency that can be declared. There's a state of war emergency, there is a state of emergency, and then there's a local emergency. So we have three definitions. He cited definition 5885B, which describes a state of emergency. And what it says is essentially, if you have a disaster or an imminent disaster caused by a whole host of things, one of which is pandemic, so if we think it's imminent, and as I'm reading the direct language, which by reason of their magnitude are or are likely to be beyond the control of the services, personnel, equipment, and facilities of any single county, city oh. and county, or city. So it's defined right in the language. It says we think it is or is likely to be beyond our control of any single county. And at the time that you guys signed off on that, there was some belief that hospitals were going to be overwhelmed all over the Absolutely. country. Absolutely. And it was, something, that was the, the premise. something the state and federal government were going to have to step in on. At this point, exactly. there's no way it meets that definition. Well, let's ask guys, specifically about Placer County. Can Placer County handle the situation as it stands? Well, let's see. Ten people in our hospital. Anybody seen the size of Kaiser? Anybody seen the size of Sutter? Yeah, we've got 10 people. We have a grand total of four people in intensive care with COVID-related symptoms. They're not there necessarily because COVID is killing them. They have COVID-related symptoms, and they are COVID-positive. But this mm. is that whole issue of definitions and all the rest that you guys have been on. So, no, we, we, we've had eight people die. Guys, here's the problem. We do not have a loss-of-life problem. We have lost two Placer County residents for every 100,000 Placer County residents. This is a loss of livelihood problem. We have lost 7,000 jobs for every 100,000 residents. Wow. Two dead, 7,000 jobs lost per 100,000. We are attacking our livelihoods. We've got the life problem under control. Let people get back to making a living. Well, and you have two blockbuster arguments there. The practical one, which you have just cited, and the fact that there could be nothing more horrifying than a so-called state of emergency that's declared just because the leader wants to, then keeps it in place as long as they want to. I mean, that's you don't have to be like a 400-level poli-sci grad student to understand what the, the problem is there. Well, and Joe, the, the, the very next definition after state of emergency, which is what the governor cites, reads local emergency means the duly proclaimed existence of conditions of disaster, extreme peril to the safety of persons and property within the territorial limits of a county, city and county or city. We might have a couple of local emergencies around here. Some folks in Southern California, the county of Los Angeles might say, we have a local emergency. We would like state aid and state assistance. That's why you establish a local emergency is you're asking for state aid and state assistance. Those of us who don't need it, those of us who don't want it, those of us who want him the hell out of our business, we are defaulting now to this to say, by what authority are you keeping this in place? By what authority are you asserting that this lockdown should continue? Are you getting an answer from anybody? Oh, no. I mean, why, why, well, it'll get loud enough. If it gets loud enough, if enough cities and counties, instead of asking, instead of bowing to the governor and kissing his ring, you know, and doing that and saying, may we please, Governor Sir, reopen, if more cities and counties start asserting this, and if Javier Becerra takes five minutes away from suing the Trump administration to actually enforce the law, 
then we can get out from underneath this thing. Yeah, it seems Kurt like Euler the, is a uh, Placer County Board of Soups supervisor. Yeah, it seems like the only the, the card you got to play if they're not going to respond to you is you just got to open. People just have to open and then you know well, make them challenge it. There's that. In our board meeting on, on Tuesday, when we passed the resolution, um, with, and I appreciate the, the 5-0 vote of my colleagues on our resolution, uh, when we passed the resolution, we had an open discussion about proceeding with litigation. Uh, so we are prepared. If we do not hear back from the governor by the end of this week, we're prepared to have a special meeting of our board early next week to uh, initiate litigation to seek, seek an injunction against the governor being able to enforce a state of emergency where none clearly exists without him having to compelling him to demonstrate conditions warrant a state of emergency. Mm. Well, listen, and I'm aware that you might not want to show your cards before it's time to lay them on the table, but is there any uh, thought of going Rosa Parks and just refusing to uh, to leave your seat, to, to go ahead well, and allow places to open? Let me, let's put it this way. The county of Placer, and I want to thank our, our sheriff, Devin Bell, he made it known early on, ain't no way in hell we in Placer are going to let people out of jail so as to create room in our jails to make way for cosmetologists and restaurateurs. That ain't happening. So we are not, we, none of the mechanisms of Placer County are being used to enforce the governor's state of emergency. So I'll just put that out there, and business owners can read that as they want. None uh-huh. of the mechanisms of gotcha. Placer County are being used to enforce the governor's state of emergency. There now, you go. we know the governor is using every lever in his control, be it the alcohol beverage control licensing, cosmetology licensing. He is contacting businesses directly to let them know if they go ahead and reopen, in spite of the fact that Placer County won't do anything their liquor That's incredible. might be at risk. Yeah. You know, Kirk, I understand asking you to do work is uh, not exactly <laughs> noble on my part, but it, it seems to me even uh, no matter what happens, it would be worth litigating this. This is really important going forward. Yes. Yes. I, I agree. Okay. I agree. We, we, because this, why do you think they keep bringing up this phrase, a new normal? The new normal isn't that they want us to accept social distancing and not handshaking and and possibly wearing masks. That's not the new normal they're talking about. The new normal they're talking about is the amount of centralized command and control that they are trying to consolidate at the state level. That's the new normal they want. That's good stuff right there. Kirk Euler is a supervisor in Placer County, which, uh, for those tuning in and listening to the podcast around the country, is... Uh, to the north and east of Sacramento, California, and stretches for many, many miles to the Nevada border um, and has some very dense populated places and then uh, miles of vast and gorgeous mountain territory. Uh, Kirk, hey, stay in touch. Keep fighting the good fight. We want to know what happens next. Okay, That was really good. Very well yeah. stated. You're the man. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Kirk. Yep. How good was that little impassioned plea you had in the middle there about uh, the numbers and lives versus livelihood? Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's. Well, it's, it's a, it's an open and shut case in terms of the the law of it. I'm no lawyer, but it sure sounds mm-hmm. pretty. Oh yeah. Plain. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of opportunities for uh, making it more complicated than it is. Um, you just do not have the power, Mister Governor, at this point to be in a state of emergency and run that county. 
Right, and the laws surrounding the state of the emergency, which passed, I believe, in 1970 when Reagan was the governor, are are very, very specific. It it does not say, once declared, you know, you ought to end it sometime. No, there's got to be an actual emergency that overwhelms, you know, cities and counties that they cannot deal with. It's very specific. So it's a legal and open shut, open and shut. It's a logistic open and shut. From the point of view of anybody who loves liberty, this should be really, really scary. And, and the scariest part is the, the dearth of voices in the state government who are saying, uh, uh, hey, this is this is not right. This is out of control. Hey, Democrats in the Capitol, are you serious with this? You, I mean, are you so hungry to enact your social agendas or whatever that you're willing to let pretty, pretty Gavin run amok? Aren't you the party of the working man? Oh, that's a load of crap. They're the party of the unions. Man. Oh, I'm sorry. This should be bipartisan. This should be bipartisan. I'm a Christian man. I, I apologize. <laughs> Uh, so, anyway. I'm thinking about eating my neighbors. <laughs> I've had to think about up. it. I'm not happy about it. Or chain them up and field dress them. What's that thing he says, Sean? Combat model. Optimum efficiency. <laughs> Probably the leader. Nice. All right, that's good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, that oh. is a guy in political office who is uh, applying foot to Heine. And uh, I appreciate it. God dang it. And I, I have a couple of friends with small businesses who've been waiting. It's not like... You know, this Friday or next Friday, they're thinking every day, can it be tomorrow? Can it be this afternoon? Because every single day is a big deal. Every single day. Right. Yep. All right. How how about the working man? Like Jack started to make the point, the common person, the hairdresser, the laborer, the, 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 the construction guy, you know, whatever. Do you care about those people or not? I'm asking you, state capital. Can we play Alex Jones again when we come back for anybody who hasn't heard that yet? Because that is just so good. Yeah. You got to stay tuned mm-hmm. for this. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This is a loss of livelihood problem. We have lost 7,000 jobs for every 100,000 residents. Wow. Two dead, 7,000 jobs lost per 100,000. We are attacking our livelihoods. We've got the life problem under control. Let people get back to making a living. And a lot of the people making the decisions have never lost a job and have a job currently that they can't lose. Right. Which is really troubling. The county should only step in if the town can't handle it. And the state should only step in if the county can't handle it. And the feds should only step in if the state can't handle it. Now, this is going to be an ongoing conversation. Centralize power. Centralize it. This is going to be an ongoing conversation for weeks and months to come, obviously, and we'll be on top of it, so we don't run around, want to run out of time before we... Be- I don't remember where we've played this Alex Jones clip, so maybe you've heard it. I've heard it three times, and I can't wait to hear it again, so I'm not worried about that. And yes, that. we know he's a loathsome individual, but this is still <laughs> unbelievably entertaining. Here we go. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. I'll, I'm just going to be honest. My superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out, and I won't have to for a few years since i got food and stuff. But I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, I'm ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up. And you know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. See, my superpower is being honest. I'll eat your ass. I will. I'm combat model, 
optimum self-sufficiency. Probably the leader. The point is, is have you thought about that yet? Because I'm somebody that thought I could fix this, and I'm starting to think about having to eat my neighbors. You think I like sizing up my neighbor, how I'm going to haul him up by a chain and chop his ass up? I'll do it. My children aren't going hungry. I will eat your ass. That's why I want the globalists to know. I will eat your ass first. Oh, the globalists. Nice. Nice twist at the end. You think I like sizing up my neighbors? Well, my daughters are not going hungry. I don't, I don't know if I can accurately communicate how funny this particular part is. Combat model. Optimum self-sufficiency. Probably the leader. That is the funniest thing I've heard in a decade. Is that is that a quote from a movie or no, an odd phrase? A couple of phrases. Probably the leader. Well, that with his globalist thing at the end, I feel like that's him uh, filibustering is probably the wrong word, but that's him padding while he's figuring out what to go next. Those are just kind of the, t- uh, you know, I'm ultimate male, alpha, top of the food chain. <laughs> right. Right. And then globalist. I'll eat your ass first. Let him know. <laughs> That's the equivalent of him saying, um, while he tries to figure out what the next thing he's going to say is. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. Plus, he's an amateur uh, animal biologist, isn't he, Michael? Two, two-thirds of the frogs down in Houston are bisexual. <laughs> I've never actually listened to his show, and I don't even know where to find it. I'm sure if I Googled it, I'd figure it out, but yeah, yeah. What's the scary stuff he does? I remember he was featured on 60 Minutes a couple of years ago, and he makes, nobody knows it's a secret, but they're talking $50 million a year. I mean, they're talking crazy money that he might make a year. So the the thing that is most often pointed to is is the most despicable thing was the whole Sandy Hook was a false flag. Oh, right, yeah. that he does a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was sipping my protein shake, and various of his listeners have accosted the grieving parents of those poor little children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, 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 yeah. Murdered and, yeah. Yeah, just loathsome. This is very far from uh, okay. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is, of course, during his uh, big divorce lawsuit and the rest of it, he, he, you know, he and his lawyer said, look, it's, he's not that crazy. He's, this is a character he plays. And, and, but and that a lot of his listeners don't quite get that. He also, uh, couldn't remember the answer to a question. And when asked why, he said, I had a lot of chili for lunch. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh boy! And as po- people have pointed out, you know, you can eat uh, you can eat vegetables. You don't have to eat your fr- your your neighbors. You <laughs> well, and if he has two years worth of food before the cannibalism <laughs> begins, how bad is this going to be? <laughs> and now, final thoughts with Armstrong and Getty. Engage. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, Hanson, did you see that the guy who did the uh, I Don't Want the Show to Be Over But Now I'm Ready song has sent us a new song? Oh, yeah, we got to check that out. It's pretty good, too, yeah. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Michelangelo presses the buttons in the control room, keeps us on the air. Michael, final thought. As far as Alex Jones goes, I think he's one of those guys that he just says the most outrageous stuff. It's a character, and then he laughs when people get upset. He He enjoys it. I imagine that. That'd be an odd uh, way to make a living. 
Uh, let's see. Positive Sean is our producer. Final thought, Sean? Now more so than ever, it seems like the stock market is not, quote-unquote, the economy, but just, uh, you know, narrow casting a little bit. The Positive Sean portfolio hit a, a new all-time high, and I, I continue to be excited and enjoy learning about how all these markets work and investing, and it's it's one of my favorite things I've done over the last five years. It's, so in the midst of the, the current depression, you have your best performance yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, We buy the dips in this house. By choosing properly. That's that's really interesting right there. He invested in home cannibal. <laughs> Jack model. <laughs> Probably the leader. Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? I love this story. Man climbs under moving big rig filled with wine, begins drinking from tank. <laughs> this actually happened, and they have video of it. Maybe we'll have to talk about it tomorrow. You want to drink bad if you do that. A moving big rig. Hey, have we posted the uh, praying mantis eating the brain of the murder hornet at ArmstrongandGetty.com? We ought to do that. And my final thought is, if you can watch that without cringing, oh, you're probably a psychopath. Uh, I I heard what it was, and I thought, well, it's a couple of insects. That's all right. But I, I watched it, and right for the brain. <laughs> Just eats its brain. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Pulls it up with a chain. Eats its brain. <laughs> so many people thank go to armstrongandgetty.com. All of our co- podcasts are there. Uh, you can drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Think I like sizing up my neighbor? God bless America. You having a good time? Okay, I, I did not say okay. that. I've sat here for over three hours and 15 minutes. <laughs> that sucks. If you wish to leave, you may. Let me just say... How very, very dismaying and disappointing. Not uh, good. And just change the channel from this mesmerizing horror show. We'll be better tomorrow than we were today. And we heard the words. It's over for me. Adios, mofo. Okay, so we're, we're, you're, we're dismissed, is that correct? Do you want to rephrase uh, what you're doing? What do they call well, it's it? It's not in truly prison. quarantining. What do they call it uh, when, when you're put in the hole? Sodomy? <laughs> no, that's a different. <laughs> solitary? Meant, yes, oh, it's solitary not solitary confinement. confinement. 